0: God dag og velkommen til Langsomme Samtaler. Mit navn er Rune Lykkeberg. Jeg har i den her uge talt med den italienske filosof Donatella di Cesare om hendes bog Suveræn Virus, den kapitalistiske åndenød, som er en lille bog, den italienske filosof skrev om corona, pandemien og nedlukningen af det italienske samfund og hvad det fremkaldte af erkendelser af hele det vestlige samfund. Det er en bog på en små hundrede sider med nogle meget skarpe pointer og mange nærmest poetiske konklusioner om, hvor vores kultur er og hvor vi er på vej hen. Hun samtænker kapitalisme, klimakrise og pandemi og demokratikrise i et meget stort greb. Hendes pointe er, at vi har været vidner til globale begivenheder før. Vi har været verdensborgere, som vidner. Denne her gang er vi alle sammen verdensborgere, som ofre. Det er derfor, hun taler om åndenøden. Vi så på, da 9-11 fandt sted, og vi blev bange, da 9-11 fandt sted. Den her gang har det været i vores egne kroppe. Og det er både en fornemmelse af en forbundethed med andre mennesker i hele verden, som gør, at vi kan udveksle en virus, og det, der er farligt i Kina, bliver også farligt for os her. Men det er også en fornemmelse af en kollektiv skrøbelighed. En skrøbelighed, vi har i fællesskab overfor, klimakrise, og for natur, der forandrer sig nogle tipping points, som vi ikke kan styre. Så på den måde var pandemien for Donatella de Chazade både en form for erkendelse og afsløring af en form for beredskab, vi ikke vidste, vi havde. Pludselig kunne vi stoppe hele maskinen. Vi troede, maskinen var ustoppelig. Vi troede, vores liv var fuldstændigt og aldeles afhængig af, at flyvemaskinerne fløj, og butikkerne var åbne, og vi kunne mødes på gaderne. Men vi lukkede det, og i stedet fik vi nogle nye fællesskaber, hvor man kunne stå og synge sammen på balkongerne. Spørgsmålet er, om, når man synger sammen på balkongerne under nedlukning, er det så i nostalgi over et tabt fællesskab, eller er det et nyt fællesskab, som man ser blive dannet der? Det næste spørgsmål er selvfølgelig, når man kan lukke hele samfundet ned, og på få dage gennemføre en total og indtil da utænkelig transformation af vores samfund. Er det så fordi der virkelig er en vilje til at konfrontere de kriser, Donatella de tjeser det taler om, og skabe et nyt samfund? Eller er det sådan, at man kun kan forandre vores samfund, hvis man lover det midlertidigt, og det er for at vende tilbage til normalen bagefter? Alt det taler jeg med den italienske filosof om i den samtale, der følger. God fornøjelse. So, Donatella Di Cesare, when, when uh, the coronavirus broke out, and I think we were all seeing what was happening in Italy, it was kind of the the place where we saw the event. Where were you when when uh, when it broke out?
1: Well, uh, I was. Uh, I remember I was returned from uh, uh, the U.S. and I was in Rome at that time uh, because uh, here the semester at the university. Was beginning uh, in uh, at uh, the, those days of March, and first I thought, oh, it's uh, it's uh, the time for me. It's the time, uh, the proper time for uh, introverted people. <laughs> <laughs> I just uh, stay at home and uh, and uh, write and uh, and read. But um, after after a few days uh I uh, I realized that uh, the, the, the life was intolerable. I, I mean uh, uh, the the first uh, the first total lockdown, which was terrible in Italy no. And then I I, 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 I began to 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 think uh, perhaps uh, I have to to write uh, about this uh, this experience.
0: So you started writing the book during the lockdown?
1: Yes, during during the first total lockdown, I remember because um, there was, uh, there was, uh, um, there was uh, a lot uh, of attention abroad uh, for what we were um, <clears throat> experiencing in Italy. Now, Italy was uh, um, the first European country to be hit by the pandemic, uh, and um, I remember also I was um, I was getting a lot uh, of requests for um, uh, interviews, and I remember I, I I gave an interview to the um, uh, German weekly Die Zeit, and I think it was then uh, when I when I thought. Uh, I have to to write uh, about this uh, unprecedented experience. Mm
0: -hmm. We've we've had global events before, like you write in in, in the book, things that we experienced at the same time all over the world, like uh, the people say they all remember where they were when 9-11 happened. But this one was different because usually with a global event, most of us are spectators and there are few victims. It's a point yeah. in your book that this time we were all victims.
1: Yeah, you're yeah, right. You're right. You're right. Well, uh, first of all, um, the city, the, the center of the pandemic in Italy was Bergamo. No, Bergamo was the first city. And uh, of course, we knew about the, the victims. And, um, and I remember funerals were no longer possible. And uh, and infected people were taken um, were taken from their home and taken to hospital, sometimes by force. And um, I, I I mean I had seen terrible things. I had seen terrible things. But on the other hand, as you say, uh, we uh, we knew we were uh, potential victims. So the the other, also on the street, you now the other as uh, danger, the other as contagion. Yeah, this was a this was for me terrible, a terrible, terrible experience. And um, I, I felt uh, isolated, I felt uh, vulnerable. And so, and this is uh, the, the, the reason why I, I decided to write and, and also to think of course, about uh, this experience.
0: There, there's an expression in your book, which is a word that I never saw before, but there are so many things you learn all the time that you say to, about the reaction, this is not a revolution. This is an involution. Mm -hmm. What what, what is the word involution?
1: Well, involution in the sense of uh, um, uh, involution in the sense of turning back of uh, incapacity, inability to uh, project uh, uh, into the future. I mean, the the, the pandemic, the COVID crisis was uh, not uh, the time of uh, really of a a change in the sense, in the the meaning of revolution, but uh, unfortunately as involution, I think, yes. Mm
0: -hmm. And many of the things that you point out very succinctly and very precisely and very well-written in the book are like traits of the society that we already knew before, but they were emphasized and became very visible all Mm -hmm. of a sudden. And one of the things that you mentioned is that we had this difficulty of imagining the future. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I was born in 74. When I was growing up, you know, everything was shaped by a picture of the future, where we were going. And it seems at the time that it became quite obvious that we, we, we were not no longer able to imagine the future.
1: Right, uh, I think that, uh, um, that the pandemic has revealed, uh, has shown many, many aspects um, of our uh, so- uh, society. And also, uh, I think um, until uh, a few years uh, ago, it was, I think it was still possible uh, to project oneself uh, um, into the future, of course, individually, uh, but also uh, to project oneself in the future with the others. So the, the possibility of a, a, a common imagination, common in the sense of, uh, uh, so let's uh, imagine together the future. Now, uh, together as a community, and uh, on the contrary, I think that um, what we see today, what we see uh, in this time, is uh, a kind of uh, privatization of the future, and the impossibility to imagine, uh, the inability to imagine the future together. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. And what what are the cultural and political consequences of that, you know, again, where I grew up with the sense that we were all taking part of moral progress. I knew, of course, there were backlash and Mm -hmm. that that we caused pollution, but we had the sense that we were part of liberating women from from patriarchy, or we were part of, especially something that was very important in my youth, was that we were welcoming strangers. We were widening our societies and 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 now what what are the implications of how we live with each other how we, we imagine ourselves if if you lack that sense of progress
1: yeah, I grew up all, also in, uh, in 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 this uh, in in a context in an historical context in which uh, we uh, we really believed we thought tomorrow will be better than today and um I, I think uh, um, Today, uh, also the the, the word uh, progress uh, has uh, for us also a negative uh, meaning because uh, because of course of the uh, many consequences uh, uh, it has had I, I mean, uh, the think of uh, the um, ecological disaster. Uh, but also, you're right. I mean, the political consequences. Uh, I mean, what 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 uh, what is happening today now with uh, reaction, the political reaction to new uh, phenomena. I, I, um, I mean, uh, what up? Hap- what what is happening today in Italy with the the far right uh, government? Uh, and uh, the problem of migrants, uh, the problem of uh, civil rights and human rights. So uh, I think this is really the word. This uh, this uh, so important word progress is for us uh, has changed uh, has changed the the meaning.
0: <laughs> and is it also because here? If I talk to my children. My daughter is 20 and my son, he's 17. And when they look at the ecological disaster, they say, we don't want to think about the future. But but then when I talk to my daughter about being a woman in the 21st century, then she very much wants to talk about the future. So it's like there is a common political future, mm. but, but she feels part of a woman's movement or she feels that that the Me Too movement, and she feels that she does belong in some in some in some movements. How do you do? You, do you think? That yeah,
1: you... Me Too. I, I mean, I I I, I agree completely. Uh, it is uh, when I think uh, the history of my family, of my mother, of uh, my grandmother. Of course, I'm. I mean, I'm glad to 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 live in this uh, in this period in this time, but. Uh, at the same time i, I mean uh, the, the, there are um the the um, the, the ecological disaster uh, it's not just uh, um, a problem among other problems the ecological disaster and by the way the nuclear war are Problems which um, uh, have uh, an impact uh, uh, on the future uh, of our lives and on the life of, of of the new generations. In this sense, uh, I understand young people uh, who don't want to think uh, uh, about the future. They have they fear. They don't have. Uh, the relationship with the future uh, which I had in my uh, uh, as I was young in my generation.
0: There's another expression in the book that I really like. there are so many good expressions in the book. you know there's you write about the capitalist realism, the sense that that this is what life is like in the reality of of capitalism. How this capitalist realism that we grow up with and that we internalize, how does how does that relate to this lack of progress?
1: Oh, it's uh, it, it's uh, it's linked to this because uh, um, uh, we um, uh, we live in this uh, capitalist machinery, and I think that uh, it is uh, it is impossible uh, for us. To um, to imagine an alternative, this is the problem, and this is the problem also for politics. Uh, uh, and the capitalism, uh, capitalistic realism uh, means that uh, um, uh, this is the reality, and we uh, we are not able, we cannot change this. Uh, uh, we can just uh, try to manage the problems, but we. We have no alternative, we cannot uh, change uh, this uh, this context.
0: And this of course also relates to our sense of freedom uh, because you have a, a, an expression, which is very interesting. It was taken up in almost all the reviews here of, of your book in Denmark, what you called forced freedom. It's a double oxymoron. It's a very complex uh, f- figure where, where you say that we have free coercion and forced freedom how do you <laughs> expl- how, how do you explain yeah. this
1: yeah because uh, um because i think uh, uh, freedom and uh, constriction uh, uh, i think end up coinciding and it is very difficult to to distinguish uh, uh, what is uh, what i'm uh, what I'm doing because uh, uh, because I feel free to do it, or, or what I, what I'm doing, uh, I mean in the daily life, uh, because uh, I have to do it. It is very difficult, and I think that uh, this um, concerns uh, all uh, all actions of our daily life in this uh, capitalist machinery. Mm-hmm.
0: And how does that differ from, because people, someone would say, well, this is just the social contract. You cannot do what, whatever you want. You must have your regards for others. And, uh, you know, me as a father, I cannot do whatever I want because I must take care of my kids. And as a son, I cannot do whatever I want. So so this, that, you cannot, how, how does that differ from other social contracts? With can, well, with I,
1: the, I, I, I speak in this book of asphyxia. Yes. <laughs> Uh, i don't know uh in italian is asfissia no because it's uh, um breathless no yes uh, and uh, and uh, i mean this um uh, whirling economy of time no the uh, the um this uh, um uh, impossibility this unstoppable machinery and the impossibility to uh, really to manage uh, the time, you no, know? and uh, and of course this is uh, uh, this is the consequence. Uh, I mean, uh, capitalism is not only a system; an economic system is also uh, a form of life. This is the point.
0: And in, you've seen and read a lot of criticisms of capitalism through, throughout the, the the years, and I think we're in a period now. Where we see a lot of criticism of, of capitalism, do you see any theories of capitalism that have been efficient in criti- criticizing capitalism?
1: In which sense? Uh,
0: like you know, we, we at the moment we have some we have a very economic criticism. Like we have PGT and we have Gabriel Zucman doing very much a criticism of the economic structure. Then you have someone like uh, Antonio Negri and Michael Hart, They wrote uh, The Multitude and Mm-hmm. An empire, which is more like a grand, grand uh, theoretical book. So we have different strands of, of of criticism, and I wonder if any of them you you think they, they empower people today.
1: Well, I think uh, of course uh, I, I I know them very well, and um, I, I appreciate their works. I think um, I think of course uh, uh, um, capitalism is, as I said, an economic system, and uh, Uh, It must be uh, criticized as such, but I think uh, that capitalism is uh, um, eradicated in our life, uh, is a form of life, and uh, it Affects also the our existence. The problem of our existence, I think, was uh, uh, not enough. Is not enough recognized. So what uh, what does mean uh, what uh, existence does mean in this time in this uh, in this capitalistic time is in this new era of uh, uh, capitalistic time. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, that's a good point. You also write that with the virus, when the virus came, we were also reminded of the consequences of neoliberalism, that that all of a sudden it was obvious what neoliberalism did to our collective capacity. Uh, I remember after the financial crisis in 2008, you know, we're a left wing paper, we're writing about the crisis of capitalism and neoliberalism all the time. It seems to me, like you write in the book, that this time it was different, uh, the the sense that neoliberalism was revealed by the virus. How was that different this time?
1: Well, uh, of course, uh, the pandemic crisis has revealed uh, many aspects of neoliberalism, like competition, like an exaggerated individualism, but uh, the difference uh, was that pandemic has revealed also our vulnerability uh, in the sense that uh, for the first time we were uh, faced with uh, um, an uh, invisible being uh, which uh, could uh, stop all system, all uh, this machinery. And I think for the first time uh, uh, during the pandemic we were, um, uh, we felt uh, no, not uh, omnipotent, no. And this is, uh, uh, I, I've tried in my book to uh, describe also this feeling. And this is an important uh, an important difference. And I think also the vulnerability can uh, be a challenge for us in, the sen- in, the, in this meaning, in this sense that uh, a, 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 such a, an invisible being can put uh, our universe, our world in uh, at risk. Uh, but the problem is uh, vulnerability means also the challenge uh, of uh, the fact that we need each other. And uh, and uh, the fact that we can uh, we can find a way out only together. Now this is, uh, I think, the challenge. I'm not sure that that, that yeah. we will uh, uh, that we will learn this uh, uh, this important point. But uh, this is, uh, I think, uh, the very important point. Yeah.
0: I remember here in Denmark when we saw the pictures of from Italy, and we saw people were singing from the balconies, and uh, during the lockdown. Yeah. And and you know there was so much uh, on the left. We were saying, well, they rediscovered solidarity, they rediscovered collective action, but actually, you write in the book that this was also a sign of the lost polis, the the lot uh, that that. This was not a, a real collective action. This, there was something sad. There was a loss of yes, the Greek citizen state, the uh, polis in it.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I I remember very very well. Uh, it was at the time of the first uh, lockdown. Uh, of course, people were desperate. And <laughs> but the problem is, uh, um, I, I I remember I remember also the that wa- that, that that there was. Um, uh, much expectation uh, and uh, and hope uh, and the, the hope of uh, a new solidarity as you say but uh, in the meantime uh, i mean i has uh, I, I i i have to recognize that uh, that that the situation that we are uh, back uh, uh, to the same situation or, or or even worse. So I I, I think that unfortunately uh, um, I cannot feel and I cannot see the the solidarity no no.
0: And uh, I, I remember in the beginning of, of of the pandemic we were also like like you write in the book that we discovered the vulnerability and there was a connection between climate crisis, Global capitalism, and that we could feel it in our breath. It became a physical experience, and then yeah. we saw. Well, they can turn off the capitalist machine, and I thought at the time, well, we can change everything. But yeah. now, I now I I think like you that the only reason why we could change uh, lockdown everything was because there was a promise, and we will go back to normal afterwards. That yeah. that that there was always this nostalgic promise we can change now because we don't want to change afterward is that what it was like in Italy yeah, were...
1: yeah. is that what I think yes yes it was a bit a promise it was an expectation and hope uh, but um, if I I mean if I consider uh, Italy right now I mean I don't see uh, any solidarity I don't see any change no but I think it is uh, it is the same situation. Um, also in in other in other European countries no? and also it it, it is enough to think what uh, what is happening, for instance, between the the different uh, uh, national uh, states: uh, uh, France, uh, Italy, Germany. So I mean, there is no solidarity no.
0: <laughs> but there's another point in your book which uh, which I think is very good, and I think which was. You formal you, you put it so so clearly that we that we see it more clearly. N- namely, the description of democracy as an immune system, as a system of 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 a, imm- immunity. That it's a kind of paradoxical misunderstanding that we are, we took community to mean immunity. Can you explain uh, what, what what do you mean by that?
1: Well, um, I mean, uh, it's it's interesting. The title of the book in English is uh, "Immunodemocracy." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Immun- immunodemocracy. Uh, so, I mean, um, I think this is perhaps one of the of uh, of the central points uh, of my book. And uh, well, today we understand uh, democracy. Not in the sense uh, of uh, participation, uh, but in the sense uh, of the Noli uh, metangere, that means don't touch me, no, don't touch me, Noli <laughs> metangere. Uh, we as uh, uh, sovereign uh, citizens uh, we demand uh, protections we want uh, to uh, be to, uh, to remain immune no and what is about uh, uh, the people uh, uh, the, the others who are outside i mean outside the, uh, the borders of uh, uh, our democracy and uh, well uh, this uh, these people can be exposed to uh, all kind uh, all kinds of uh, violence uh, war pandemic persecution so i think it is not only the problem of uh, the apartheid of the poor uh, but there is something new, a new phenomenon. Uh, the, the problem is a, a, another humanity, another humanity uh, handed over to all kinds of, uh, of violence. No, And we are uh, indifferent. So we are in our democracy, in our immunodemocracy. And what is important is just our uh, uh, protection and uh, nothing else.
0: And how closely related to that is the this whole spectrum of, of immigration? Because in Denmark, you know, we're a very rich country, very privileged. People have in the over the last ten or twenty years, they've adopted a certain cynicism, saying, "Well, it's too bad that people are drowning in the Mediterranean, but that's just a fact of life." you know that that this you you write about a new understanding of sovereignty that there's a sovereignty yeah. that makes a new distinction how how do you explain this sovereignty
1: well uh, you're right sovereignty is a very important concept for me and it is not just uh, not only uh, the sovereignty of uh, a national state, um, but also the sovereignty of uh, uh, each uh, citizen. Now we, as sovereign citizens, we uh, uh, we want to be protected by our state, and uh, I think uh, I think that uh, well uh, that there is a, a war, a war between European national states and migrants and we are involved as as citizens and we are uh, um, as citizens of a nation a national state we are on the side of our state against uh, migrants so migrants are for us not the strangers uh, in the old uh, sense. Uh, They are not even poor, so they are uh, migrants are just uh, another humanity, another humanity, no? Uh, And they don't deserve uh, any right. They don't deserve any protection, no? It's uh, their fault, it is not our fault. Of course, it is very brutal, but it is uh, it is so. And I disagree completely because uh, it is uh, it is uh, also, uh, we, we are losing uh, in this way, we are losing also uh, our own humanity. Yes, mm-hmm. and
0: it seems that this is not just like a, a state sovereignty. This is not just something that our leaders are saying. It seems that this is almost like an an ethical space, as Hegel would call it. You know, it's something that that we appropriate and take onto our yeah. Own bodies.
1: Yeah. So uh, uh, absolutely, yes. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and and that kind of changes our whole the the foundation of our morality, doesn't it? Um,
1: well, it is difficult, and because. Uh, there is an, an ethical uh, aspect, but there is also a political aspect, and we should see the problem, the problem of migration um, uh, in, in this political context. So I think that of course uh, Europe needs another politics of migration, and the problem and the, and the problem cannot be uh, uh, resolved uh, just uh, in 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 an ethical way. That means that uh, I, as a mm-hmm. citizen, I decided, uh, for instance, to welcome uh, a migrant. This is natural. This is, uh, uh, of course, is uh, an ethical gesture, but it is not enough because the problem is a political problem.
0: Mm-hmm. One thing that was also part of the coronavirus. Uh, and the pandemic—it was these conspiracy theories, yeah. uh, that, 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 and that—that—and they're still very. I, I was just in America to cover the elections. They're very strong there. they are still—and and you actually have a—you have a quite interesting take on the conspiracy <laughs> theories because you know yeah. uh, enlightened people would usually demonize them, say they're stupid, they're kind of the intellectual barbarians or, or something like that. But you know, you say no, we shouldn't look at it like that. You you say we should look at conspiracy theories as a symptom,
1: right? As a symptom, it's a very interesting. Well, um, I have uh, recently published a, a book on this uh, on this issue on these topics. The book is uh, in, in in Italian, but it is also uh, now also in German. The, the title in Italian is Il Complotto al Potere, in German is uh, the Das Complot and der Macht. And um, so I believe that uh, you're right that conspiracy theories are not about um, the, the question of truth, but uh, about the question of power. Because you know, usually we say uh, conspiracy theories are fake news or are related with uh, uh, fake news. I think it is a matter of power, and, and power today is violent uh, 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 than ever is uh, uh, exercised with violence. But uh, power today has uh, um, no face, no name um uh, no address and it is why we are so um first of all disoriented why we do uh, not know where to turn uh, and we feel um we feel um powerless we feel defrauded uh, of democracy and uh, and of politics so uh, i think um, conspiracy theories are a symptom. Conspiracy theories are understandable and uh, should not be um, condemned. Should not be um, uh, demonized. But at the same time, uh, we have uh, uh, we have to recognize we must recognize that, uh, of course, conspiracy theories are a weapon of uh, uh, depolitization, no because of course if uh, if there is a power, if the, uh, 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 and I uh, I cannot uh, a citizen I I am not able to change anything of course is my hmm. mm-hmm.
0: I sometimes think that that we on the left we that sometimes when we speak about say Elon Musk, he's so evil. He's so evil, and sometimes when we speak of capitalism, as if there is one subject governing the entire world. Whether they, we have this, there's also conspiracy theories among the educated classes. How do you see that?
1: Well, um, I think uh, um, uh, this is really an important question. I think it is. but I I believe uh, I believe it is, that it is uh, right. Uh, and it is important to, to uh, uh unmask uh the power no to unmask uh, for instance the uh, uh, the 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 network of uh, corporations of interests uh, uh, that uh drive um above all uh, financial capitalism no but I think uh, that it is not enough. No, I mean, be careful not to to be satisfied with the with the unmasking. Now, unmasking is a great job; is important, but it is not sufficient. It is not enough.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, I have just one last question, uh, quick question for you, now When we look back at the period that you describe in the book and the experience of breathlessness, and then you saw collective action. Then we say, you and me, we can agree. on now, well, it doesn't seem like so much changed after the pandemic. But, yeah. s- but still, doesn't it matter that the young people, that they have seen that society can be changed? That even though, you know, we don't see the changes, that maybe that there is a perception that, that society can be changed?
1: I hope. I hope very much, I hope very much Uh, and uh, I think you're right because young people, the new generation, they were uh, very much affected by pandemic where they were isolated and uh, uh, and it was terrible and I hope that this generation can really be protagonist. It can be, can be change, uh, but at the same time, I have to say that, um, for instance, now in Italy, pandemic is almost uh, forgotten, and um, in this moment, Italy, the problem is the economic crisis, and. Um, well, uh, uh, the impression is uh, uh, that uh, some uh, uh, authoritarian policies have had an impact. No, that means uh, some authoritarian policies, uh, which uh, were so uh, for, it, for for us so important, uh, significant during the pandemic, that uh, they still have consequence. When when I think. What happens in in Italy today, now, with this uh, new government, uh, this uh, far-right government, I think this is, uh, for instance, uh, also the result of the pandemic period, but uh, I don't know.
0: (laughs) No, we we don't know. Thank you so much, Donatella Di Cesare, for taking
1: your time. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.
0: Det var så min samtale med Donatella de Cesare, jeg gentager titlen på hendes bog er Suveræn Virus, den kapitalistiske åndenød. Hvis man synes, man har hørt om Donatella de Cesare før, og man ikke kan huske, hvor det er, så er det, fordi hun udgav for nogle år siden en bog, der hed Heidegger og Jøderne, de sorte hæfter, som var en gennemgang af de sorte hæfter, der er udgivet efter Heidegger, død, som er kommet her i det 21. århundrede, og Ud fra dem gentænkt hun Heideggers filosofi og hans forhold til jyderen. Den bog er også udkommet på dansk under titlen Heidegger og jyderen De Sorte Hæfter. Også på forlaget vandkunsten er udkommet bogen Tortur af Donatella de det. I næste uge skal jeg tale med en af de tænkere, forfattere aktivister, som er blevet allermest citeret i alle de langsomme samtaler, vi efterhånden har været igennem, nemlig den amerikanske forfatter Rebecca Solnit. Udgangspunktet for samtalen er hendes helt nye bog, Orwell's Roses, men vi kommer også ind på klimakamp, kvindekamp og hendes helt særlige forståelse af historien, mørket og håbet. Den her samtale var, som alle andre langsomme samtaler, klippet sammen af vores kammerat Anne Pilegaard Petersen. Jeg håber, vi høres ved i næste uge.